Welcome to Ripple Impact. We have Juliet Busobozi today in our show. I'm truly excited to have her on this show. Juliet has been working with the nonprofit organizations for over 15 years, implementing several projects and building partnerships that result in consortia for joint implementation of projects, championing projects ranging from social inclusion, disability, education, health, and child sponsorship. Please join me, welcome Juliet, all the way from Uganda. Juliet, you are welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Abraham. I'm glad to be on this show, and I'm glad to be hosted by you. We're truly happy to have you, and I'm sure our guests are excited also to hear about what you'll be talking about regarding nonprofit. Nonprofit happens to be one of the ways people give back to the society. And a lot of people are involved in nonprofit, but they do not know how to get the requisite funds in order to further their goals or their plans you know, regarding nonprofit. So Juliet, how did you get started working with nonprofit organizations and why? Uh, that's an interesting question. I actually did a bachelor's degree in social work and social administration for my first degree. And obviously that sent me into that direction because social work and social administration is about people, it's about transformation. So that sent me to my first um, organization, nonprofit organization that I worked with. I actually was there for almost a year, working mm -hmm. as a volunteer in this organization, trying to learn how they approach communities, what they do with children, what their work is all about, what they do in the projects that they do, education, health, how they handle their work. And I was able to volunteer for one year. At the end of one year, um, I, I think I did a great job and the organization was able to take me up as a full-time staff, now paid. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was a beautiful experience now being a full-time staff that is now earning a salary after working and volunteering for almost a year without a salary, just to pick the techniques and the way the organization works. So that is how I got into nonprofit organizations. And obviously I went back to school and did a master's degree, a master's in development studies, all in the line of nonprofit organizations. So my life has been rotating around nonprofit organizations for the last over 15 years. I've been working with nonprofit organizations uh, looking at the changes and the transformations and uh, working to see that we make society a better place. Because like you know, nonprofit organizations, their work is all about transformation. It's all about making life better for the communities out there. Wow, such an impressive profile. Really, really impressive. So for those planning to set up a nonprofit organization, or those who are already in it, what are some of the ways they can raise funds to, to start up? Um, some of the ways they can raise funds are actually say, why should they have funds? Because as nonprofit organizations, um, we can only, they can only be sustainable when they have a constant flow of cash. 
So non-profit organizations should raise funds so that they have clear projects to implement. Because when you have enough funds, then you know, I have a project in education, I have a project in health, I have a project in social inclusion. Then when you have the right amount of money, you have a better portfolio to send to your donors out there. Uh, if they ask you, how much money have you been able to raise in the last two years? You, your, your portfolio is clear. I have raised $2 million and these are the activities that I have been able to do. And when you have that sustainable flow of funds as a nonprofit organization, it is clear on the timing of your projects. You will know that this project is for three years, this is for two years, this is for one year, because the funds are actually flowing. So every nonprofit organization needs a sustainable way Mm -hmm. of raising their own funds for their organization so that work is much easier your staff are sure of their salaries because you have funds that are coming in as a result of your work so you're asking how nonprofit organizations can raise funds quite a number of ways uh, one of them would be attending strategic meetings why i'm saying strategic meetings is that um nonprofit organizations like any business entity, we mm -hmm. can no longer run away <laughs> from visibility <laughs> as nonprofit organizations. Actually, I was talking to a number of people and I told them the organizations that have been able to get funding for their work mm -hmm. after the post COVID era are organizations that have been visible out there. They okay. have been on social media, they have been communicating about their stories, they've been visible and they're talking about the transformation that they bring in the communities. So, why I'm saying nonprofit organizations should attend strategic meetings is because um, if your portfolio as a nonprofit organization is health, for example, yes. uh, look out for national meetings that are addressing health related projects and get into those meetings, be visible. Tell the people that you find there, the managers, what kind of work that you do. Those are strategic mm -hmm. meetings. The gaps that you have in the work that you do what are you planning to do in the next five years in case funding was available? One thing that I've noticed is now nonprofit or the donors that are working with nonprofit organizations are into consortia. Okay. They're working into consortiums. They're bringing different organizations together, all organizations coming up with your, their expertise, and then they're funding those organizations. So if you have been attending these strategic meetings, obviously, if uh, organizations are coming up with a consortium, for example, for health, and they're looking for a partner to partner with, you will be at the back of their minds. Why? Because you have presented yourself in these meetings, you've spoken about what you do, you've spoken about the gaps that you have as a nonprofit organization. So when there is an opportunity for a consortium, a number of organizations working together, you will be called upon so that you guys write a joint proposal and then you get funding for your nonprofit organizations. So number one is we need to be visible. We need to put ourselves out there. We need to attend strategic meetings. We can't be the best kept secret, you know? Mm. Every funder that is out there would want to give their dollar or their pound right. to a nonprofit organization that they assure this is the transformation that you bring. And you can only talk about your transformation when you put yourself out there, when you put your story out there as a CEO, you step out on your social media page and you say, this is what we do. These are the gaps that we have that is being visible. That is one way. The second way is um, a simple or interesting way. As a nonprofit organization that is coming up, you ask yourself, which country are you going to work in? 
Okay. If you get to know the country that you're going to work in, then you know which problem are you solving as a nonprofit organization. The problem you could be solving could be vocational education for youth with disabilities. Okay. And then you know, yes, what, what budgets are you putting up and what are the gaps that you have in your, the budgets that you have. And then when you have answered all those questions, you know the gaps, then when do you need the funding and how much funding do you need for this particular project? When you answer all those questions, you then hit the internet. And then you look for donors that work in that country. Okay. They are funding projects of that kind, you know, and they have, they're, they're giving that particular budget. For example, you could be looking for 50,000 pounds for your project. They are into the range of $50,000. So mm -hmm. you look out for such, it is work. You look out for such donors so that you reach out to them. The sure. second way that you can identify funding for your nonprofit is uh, look at nonprofit organizations that are doing the kind of work that you want to do or you are into. Okay. Read their reports. Mm -hmm. When you read their reports, when you visit their websites and read their reports, obviously they mentioned the donors that are funding the activities that they are doing. Okay. So when you get that list of donors, you know, get back on social media and come up with a database of the donors that fund the activities that are in line with the work that you want to do. You know, mm. you have your serious database and you have around 10 donors that are funding the kind of work that you want to do. And then the, the other thing is <clears throat> reach out to these donors. Reach out to these donors, tell them what you do, how your work, um, marries with what their objectives are. Obviously, you would have read about the donors, you know what their objectives are, you know who the kind of people that they're funding, and then present your case. Tell them how the work that you do is married to what they're funding, the transformation that they're trying to bring in the communities, and then create an opportunity for a partnership. Suggest something, you know, if we partner in this way, I believe your objectives will be met by my objectives will also be met. You know, mm -hmm. it is work as a nonprofit organization. You can't sit back. You have to get yourself out there and you can, we've spoken about strategic meetings and you can also find these donors in the strategic meetings that you are attending. You know, okay. you get there, you share your brochure, you share your business card, you talk about your nonprofit over a tea break, a coffee break, a lunch break. And you know, you're just getting yourself out there talking about what you do. This is how people are getting onto donors. Then <clears throat> the other way that you can reach out to donors is, um, there are people that are always advertising on their websites, the kind of um, projects that they're funding, the money that they give, and um, the, the timelines for this okay. money. Some people fund throughout the year. We've spoken about the database. Then there are donors that are funding, for example, they will say in the first quarter, up to March, we are funding. Then the next transfer that or the next call for proposals is in September. Okay. So since you have a database of the of the donors that are funding the kind of work that you are doing, then you should be able to know the timelines and reach out to these donors when they call for proposals. You should be out there writing the right proposals so that you get funding, constant flow of funding in your organization. Then lastly, the, the other interesting one is um, we all have uh, a committee that we work with. 
um, the board that we work with in our nonprofit organizations. Okay. And uh, usually the board doesn't want to get involved into um, funding or fundraising for nonprofit organizations. But the next time as a nonprofit organization CEO, when you are recruiting the board or members of your board, yes. be intentional, communicate okay. your expectation, you know, put a question like, have you ever raised funds for a nonprofit organization? What challenges would you meet in raising funds for your nonprofit organization? And it, this way, from the onset or from the word go, you are being clear to your board members that you would want them to be part of the team that will raise funds for your nonprofit organizations. Even when they get on the board and they're part of the board or they're already existing board members, you know, in the meetings that you do with the board members, come up with a, a training on fundraising for your board members. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When, when you take them out for a retreat, you can identify an expert that can train them about fundraising. So in this way, you're working with your board and you're getting your board to raise funds for your nonprofit organizations. So in summary, Abraham, I think that is those are some of the ways that nonprofit organizations can think strategically on how to have a consistent flow of funds for their activities in their organizations. Awesome. Awesome. Basically, you from what you said, networking is quite key to getting donors. So, and not just networking, but networking at the right places, networking at the relevant places, those organizations or events that is relevant to your area of of uh, the area where you meet needs. Right. So yes. that is very key, and at the same time. It is also important to do some research online to find out those organizations. So apart from, so it's it's also two ways, right? When you net, when you do your research properly, you are able to find events that are happening around you, yes, that are focused towards the area you provide services in. So yes. research is also very very important. That way you are able to discover your donors. I mean, the donors that finance or, or that provide funds for the kind of nonprofit organization that you work with or you work for. Then the other thing is ensuring that when you, when you find these donors, you reach out to them, you do your packaging, right? And making yes. sure that you fill out whatever application that needs to be filled out within the requisite time or within the time that is required. Very, very key. I want to also know, for the area that you operate, do you help this, some of these organizations to package the application or is just you just guide them as to where to find the donors and how to find them and how to package? But do you help them to package? For instance, if someone comes to you, I have found this donor that is willing to provide funds for an organization organizations such as mine and I, I'm not very good at packaging the application process are you able to help me to package this application process so that I can it, it can stand out amongst others do you do that um, yes Abraham I, I, I do that kind of work I'm able to work with uh, organization CEOs organization managers to help them come with the right fitting proposals that are okay. that are outstanding that will actually be funded um, but I usually want to work with them on a journey 
before okay. we even come to 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 the funds mm -hmm. they, they, like you said when an organization has to fund you or a donor mm -hmm. has to fund you there is documentation that is required by every donor there are certificates that are required to show that your organization is authentic mm -hmm. you know there are these other steps that have to be followed the budgets and all that so it is a journey it's not only about the funds do you have strategic plans do you have a board you know there are quite a number of things that fall in place but yes i help organizations to write winning proposals so that they can get funding for consistency in their work or in the project activities oh that sounds very good that sounds yes. very good thank you so what are some of the organizations you have worked with and how has that impacted them in in terms of what they do and i know this will be limited to the area where you operate from but at the same time yes are there if you feel free if you want you can share some of the organizations you have worked with for those who are resided in the in your country they may be able to know uh well these organizations i know about them and all of that and the world is is a global village right now with the names that you mentioned is very easy. One can, you know, Google search names and find, you know, find them out there. Um, one of the organizations that I worked with for a long time is called World Vision International. Um, this organization was into health. It had education programs. It had a child sponsorship. It had agriculture. It had HIV AIDS. It had environment and all that. And uh, you asked about what has been the outstanding thing. I think nonprofit organizations, when you work with them, the transformation that you see in the communities is one that actually pushes you the next day. It pushes you out of your bed the next day. The story, the transformation in the community is really, really very beautiful. Mm. I'll point out two situations. Mm, there was a lady that we were working with. She was supplying food. By the time we started working with, you know, organizations have quite a number of meetings on a daily basis. So she had a little restaurant and she, she was supplying food. So we, I started working with her and uh, I empowered her. I told her the first profit that you make, buy more utensils for your business. Mm -hmm. The next profit that you make, you know, she went building her business, building her business. And because we had quite a number of trainings in the community, and she was our preferred baby in the mm -hmm. organization because we wanted to grow her. We wanted to see the transformation that she would then get into. At the end of the day, this lady actually ended up constructing a three-roomed house, bedroomed house. Wow. And, you know, the transformation was so beautiful, you know. Mm. When, uh, when we got there to tell the story at the end of the project, she was full of praise and she said, these guys found me at ground zero. Look at mm. where I am. I have a house of my own. I can uh, do mechanized agriculture, you know, that kind of transformation. Mm -hmm. The story that changes the community is what makes a difference. For every nonprofit out there, when, when people are talking about what transformation do you bring, that transformation, that story that you bring. Uh, we had a vocational skills program and we had children headed households. Their parents had uh, had succumbed to HIV AIDS. And so we had this program of getting them into vocational institutions. And the first lot, we had a hundred students, you know? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we got 80 students graduating. 
and we mm. equipped them with uh, tools uh, to start work in the communities. Some of them started simple saloons, others were into mechanics, others were into uh, repair of motorcycles and all that. You know, this equipping someone to have a livelihood of their own mm -hmm. and they're beginning a lifestyle. Okay, they would pick other skills along the way, but at least for ground zero, they have something to do. They have something that would put food on their table. table yes. That kind of transformation actually makes a difference. It is something that makes me get out of my bed and hit the ground running because I know I will touch a life out there and their life will never be the same again. You wow. know, when, when you hear these testimonies, when you hear these stories of a lady saying, I had to walk 20 kilometers to a health facility. And mm -hmm. you know, the organization somehow comes up with a health facility that is five kilometers from her home. So the distance is reduced. That is the story that I will tell. For me, that is what keeps me happy. That is what keeps me smiling. Absolutely. Adding value to people's lives. Yes. It, it, has, it has some kind of feeling that you cannot explain. It's so unexplainable. But putting a smile on someone's face, someone who is helpless, yes. there is no price that can be attached to that. And that mm. is truly what we call service to humanity. That is good. Yes. So in all that you do, Juliet, yes. what do you enjoy most? <laughs> in all that I do. I, I've already ans answered part of the question. I, I, know. Enjoy, I enjoy the transformation mm -hmm. that the work that I do brings to, to the community. There is an organization that I worked with mm -hmm. and... Um, this organization was into health and that uh, we were doing surgeries, eye surgeries. Yeah? Okay. So there is a story of, there are many stories, but for this particular story, I was touched. This man was blind in both eyes, bilateral cataracts. Hmm. And uh, this guy, somehow he got the news that there was a camp that was going on. So somehow he arrived just in time. So he had surgery in the first eye. And the next day when the bandage was being removed, he shouted. So I was like, oh, what is wrong with this guy? So he said, I need the other one. I need the other one. I need the other one done. So the, the, the doctor said, no, we need time before we can do the next one. So they gave him a span of three days and the other eye was done. Mm -hmm. So this guy went back home saying, he said, for the last 10 years, I haven't been able to see my wife. Mm. I haven't been able to see my grandchildren. And you know, he walked back home. Oh the home God. was 10 kilometers, but he said, I am going to walk. Please don't put me in the vehicle. I am going to walk. I can't mm. believe I'm seeing this again. Oh you God. know, for me, that, that story is just enough because you know, your services are out there. There is a donor out there that is giving these monies and uh, the funds that they're giving are bringing a lot of transformation in the community. Someone that has been, not been able to see mm -hmm. for the last 10 years. And they are seeing again, we have seen um, cataract is usually a problem for people that are 50 and above. So I have seen old ladies that come and they get surgery and they're like, I am going to go to my garden again. Mm. I am going to cultivate again. I'm going to see my grandchildren again. You know, wow. the story is so beautiful for me. That is what I enjoy mm. most, wow. the transformation. Wow. So a lot of people 
and a lot of us we have our eyes we can see and we don't yes. really appreciate that mm. we don't appreciate what we have listening to your stories right now you know touched my heart you can imagine the joy and excitement that's all they have ever wanted to regain yes. their sight back to be able to see his wife to see his grandchildren and all of that such an amazing and touching stories wow so juliet what's a typical day like for you um i jump out of my bed <laughs> get dressed and arrive in office when i get to office i open my my mail uh, i read the mail what is most urgent i pick it up from the box then I, I, I get in touch with my supervisor to see whether there are any outstanding strategic meetings that we need to attend in the day. And then that gives me the pace for the day, depending on what I have to do. If I have to attend a meeting, then I step out of office and get to, to attend a meeting. If I don't have a meeting that day, then I will have to, sometimes I'm reading into the organization documents to see what is new, what needs to be done. Then I also have to get updated on what is happening in the country, what um, any outstanding thing that I should know about, any security issues that mm. I should know about, uh, because there, are others, there is a team of stuff that I oversee that is in the field. So are there any outstanding security issues that I should communicate about? So if when all that is done, I'm on my desk writing reports because in most cases I'm attending meetings. So I have to write reports. I have to give feedback to my supervisor. I have to be um, writing reports for the donors depending on the timing of the, of the month because sometimes I am filling data into the organization data plan so that I keep feeling the little, little things I do so that at the end, when I have to make a report, I just retrieve everything that I entered so the report is easy to make. So that's mm. my typical day. Wow, interesting, interesting. So in one sentence, what is your advice for our viewers? In one sentence, advice for our viewers is, <laughs> in one sentence, all nonprofit organizations, should be visible and show the transformation that they bring to the community because that then will help them win the heart of the donors so that they give towards their work wow interesting interesting finally if any of our viewers wants to reach out to you how can they find you um, I have a Facebook page. It's called Thriving and Transforming Nonprofit Organizations. Mm -hmm. they, they can reach out to me on that page. They can send me an IM. I'm building on my website. It's not okay. yet out, but currently I'm picking the people that I work with on that Facebook page, Thriving and Transforming Nonprofit Organizations. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on this show. And uh, I believe... I believe our viewers have learned a lot. And for those who are looking forward to starting a nonprofit organization, they have an idea of what it takes to, to get fundings, what it takes to be approved and be seen as a legitimate organization. Uh, truly speaking, we have all learned from you and we appreciate your being with us and hope we can have you again some other time. Thank you. Thank you too. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Bye.